Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hey, Katie, how are you? I've been doing all right. It has been a really chaotic few weeks, just, you know, with the world. Um, (laughs) Definitely the whole world. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a a global pandemic, but there's also, um, you know, a a racial justice epidemic here in the U.S. as well. So Mm -hmm. and, and that's being recognized globally, which is it's new to me. It's it's interesting to be an American who's always looked out into the world and, and looked at these other countries and other cultures being like, oh, gosh, they need our help. They need our help. And then, you know, watching protesters in New Zealand be concerned about Americans. It's it's definitely a strange world that we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And it's even gone so far as, you know, you know, cops are attacking medics and that is a fucking war crime um and (laughs) medics i mean they're blinding press members with rubber bullets and it's like i mean Mm -hmm. we to the middle east and you know in a lot of cases they were safer than they were here at home other countries are are decrying our treatment of their Mm -hmm. press members because other countries have press members here as well so yeah and other countries are pointing out our hypocrisy. I mean, we complain when China or Iran or Russia or any other country treats their protesters the way that our protesters are being treated right now. It's com- it's completely hypocritical and fucked up and we live in a police state and the army is occupying several US cities which is totally legal and not authoritarian at all, but yeah. Anyway, they can't occupy hotels though. That third amendment coming in clutch right now. I yeah i saw a joke that someone posted like on posted on, they posted this on tumblr several years ago and they were like i want to become one of those weird third amendment guys the same way that there's weird second amendment guys <laughs> and then i saw someone else yell finally i can be the third amendment the weird third amendment guy yeah um absolutely um anyway yeah so we didn't have an episode, a regular, a regularly scheduled episode um, last week. Uh, we're recording this June 7th. I'm hoping, hoping to get it up mm-hmm. by June 8th. Um, mm-hmm. We didn't have our regularly scheduled episode just because with everything going on, um, it wasn't the time for white women to be speaking. It was a time to, to listen to our black brothers and siblings, brothers and sisters and non-binary siblings um, and mm-hmm. listen to them. And so we spent a week listening and learning and donating and protesting. And we still don't think it's time to speak about our regularly scheduled programming. Um, but we do want to speak out mm-hmm. against racial, ju- mm-hmm. against racial violence and for racial justice. Um, because we know we have a lot of baby witches listening in. Um, we've gotten a lot of new followers lately and we also recognize that even though our voices are certainly not the most important ones to be heard, we cannot remain silent on these issues. You know, it's, it's our obligation Mm -hmm. as allies and witches to speak out and make sure that everyone is doing the work and Mm -hmm. listening to these other voices as well. So we're just going to have probably a short episode today. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, just to, to kind of talk about these issues. Yeah, you know, Miss and I are on the same page. And yeah, it is still too early for us to return to our regular scheduled programming and talk about whatever. Um, you know, Missa came to me with a proposal of doing this short episode today. And the way she worded it to me was pretty well worded. So I, you know, I'm just going to read it verbatim from her text. Um, as witches, we are aligning ourselves with the marginalized communities, with women and Black Indigenous people of color who were tortured and murdered for centuries because of their connection to the earth and the skies. If you claim witchcraft but denounce social justice movements, it isn't spirituality, it's aesthetics. So that goes to the idea of like, if you buy a bunch of crystals in a tarot deck, then, oh, I'm a witch. But really at its core, witchcraft is a spirit, it's a spirituality, first of all. And it's also, you know, it's about intentionality. It's about thinking about, it's about thinking about what you are doing in and doing the best thing possible. Um, you know, you have to be working with social justice movements. You have to be working to be a better human, a better white person, um, a better ally. Um, also as an American, you need to be acknowledging that we are on stolen land. Um, I personally live on Arapaho, Ute, Cheyenne, and Sioux land. And um, I'm and currently <laughs> occupying uh, Nishinon and Maidu land. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I work with earth spirits and I work with, you know, the land in Colorado where I live. And, you know, I have Colorado is a very transitory state because people tend to live here for just a few years and then move out. The fact that my family's been here for three generations is kind of an anomaly. Um, so I have a better connection to this place than I feel most people who live here actually do. But at the same time, like, you know, the land is just screaming, this is stolen land. This is not, you know, this was not white people land. Um, and as a witch, you need to acknowledge that and honor it. I'm personally still learning how to work with that in my personal practice that and environmentalism and there's all of these different subjects but the point of being a witch is that you need to be living intentionally and doing your part to better the world yeah and i will mention um that text that i sent you katie i did a lot of the um phrasing and i got from a tweet and i so i pulled up the tweet it's by at holly mm -hmm. cassell uh two s's two l's if you call yourself a witch, you are taking on the mantle of hundreds of years of oppression and ostracism. It is your duty to stand beside those who suffer injustice. If you do not, your quote unquote spirituality is aesthetic only. Um, and that really spoke to me. And that, I mean, honestly, that tweet is what made me think we should do a whole episode on this um, mm -hmm. because it's, it's so true. And I think often we've talked about, or maybe not us on this podcast, but the witchcraft community has talked about who gets to call themselves a witch and mm -hmm. really this, this is it. It's, it's whether or not um, you are claiming the title to align yourself with the marginalized. If you're just doing it for Instagram only, um, then no, you don't get to, you don't get to claim which, and I'm not trying to gatekeep, mm -hmm. but that's the reality is that um, mm -hmm. we can't take on the burden of our witches who were burned and hanged for practicing traditions that weren't rooted in white cisnormative heteronormative Christianity and then ignore the plight of other 
um, marginalized ancestors and also the pe- what's happening today. So we can't acknowledge one while ignoring mm-hmm. the other. Mm-hmm. And I do also want to put a caveat. I mean, we, you know, we're the daughters of the witches. You did not burn all that stuff. But a lot of people don't realize that witchcraft, like, you know, there have there are witches in every culture. There are, you know, Asian witches, African witches, North and South American indigenous witches. And they've all still been burned. There are parts of the country where if you are a witch, which those are our brothers and sisters in spirit, you can still get killed for being a witch. Um, and so I'm not saying that to detract from the plight of black people, but I am trying to say that you can't just think of yourself as a witch and have this very white idea of what a witch is and the persecution that witches have gone through. Yes, absolutely. So. And I think that's why as witches and not just us, but I mean, I've seen throughout the witchcraft community online um, and not just on you know, our our Twitter or our Instagram page where we follow a lot of, of witches and spiritual people that have joined with the Black Lives Matter movement and with the, the protests and the riots. Um, but even on my, my personal Facebook page where that's just like my coworkers and friends from college and high school uh, posting pictures of, of witches protesting and things like that. Um, there was one thing that said, um, you know you've fucked up when you've got the witches and the Amish on the same side. Um, and that's true because as, as witches, as spiritual people, um, recognizing the plight of the marginalized, the Black Lives Matter movement and Black lives are so important to us. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we can't, again, take on this, this mantle of, of the granddaughters of witches you could not burn without remembering what's been happening to the, the grandparents and great-grandparents and even the, the parents and of our, our Black brothers and sisters. I, I just don't think that we yeah. can call ourselves witches and, and take on this mantle without joining um, the Black Lives Matter movement and without doing something to stop mm-hmm. the perpetuation of police brutality and violence in the United States. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think a lot of people first are drawn to witchcraft for the aesthetics, but I mean, it's a spiritual practice and, you know, like any spiritual act practice, it does have a moral compass and witchcraft's moral compass is to align with the marginalized and support them and, you know, help lift each other up rather than keep the status quo we don't want a hegemony we want we want essentially whatever the current system is to run its course and be done we just want it to end yeah and that's it and then again i think as witches as part of this community whether or not we mean to i think we take a lot of our our customs and our traditions from Mm -hmm. from and I, w- I want to word this, I- I'm not going to word everything correctly. And I, I, let's just go ahead and start with that. We should have started with that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We definitely try our hardest to be allies to the black community. Um, but part of being an ally, and I, I've known this my whole adult life, um, is that you won't always get it right. You won't always say the right thing. 
you're going to screw up. You're going to be called out. And the best thing to do is, is not to get defensive, not to say, well, I was only trying to help or I, you know, you took it the wrong way. That's, that's not the right move. Um, if you're called out, if someone tells you, Hey, this thing that you said was fucked up, you have to acknowledge, mm-hmm. Hey, this person from this community that I'm trying to help said that they didn't like the thing that I said, which means that the thing that I said was wrong. Um, and you have to be able to be willing and ready to say, I acknowledge that I fucked up. I'm going to do the work to do better. I won't do it again. And I'm sorry for what I did. And I do also want to make a point that as white people, like you're just going to have some inherent racism. Like there are just things where occasionally I'll catch myself like saying, like getting anxiety or something in a situation. I'll be like, why do I, why am I feeling weird about this? And it's because as white people, we just inherently have had racial bias programmed into us and you need to be working uh, at, with the racism, not only in your community, because what white, pe- white people need to be doing in this scenario, you know, black people don't need to be rescued. They don't need saviors. We need to be confronting our own community and stopping racism within our own community. White people need to be policing themselves and stopping racism within our direct communities and also within ourselves. Because, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that everybody, you know, white people are inherently evil. I'm just saying that every white person needs to be working on their own internal biases and there's no shame in that. But if you are a white person that does exist, I get it. We're two white women. We are probably going to fuck up. And I also acknowledge that we are not perfect. We are still working on our own shit. The, we almost didn't make this podcast at all today, but you know, this idea that you can't spiritually bypass this shit as a witch is an inherent part of witchcraft and we do feel like it's an important thing that younger or newer witches need to be learning from the beginning yes and um so i finally remembered what i was going to say earlier um a lot of the traditions and practices that we have as witches in america come from um african spirituality that were brought to the united states from slaves and also indigenous spiritualities Um, So there is a lot Mm -hmm. of work that we do, whether intentional or whether we even recognize that we're doing it. A lot of what we're doing, we get from our black and indigenous um, um, brothers and sisters. We get that from systemic racism. So we've taken these these cultures, we've taken these practices and made them our own. And. I mean, for the most part, we're working not to do that anymore, right? We're, we're doing the work. We're trying not to include these in our practices. But there are certain things that they've been ingrained in us for so long, maybe for so, genera- so many generations, um, that we don't recognize that we're doing it. But we can't do those things in witchcraft and then ignore the plight of our Black brothers and sisters. Um, similar to how, like, in the music industry right now, they're talking a lot about how the, the music industry could not exist without Black creators, even going back to rock and roll, rock and roll started as a black musical genre and then white people started playing it and it got famous. So like most popular music for the last 50 years is all based on black traditions and black. Culture. Yes. So and anyway. so but the music industry isn't supporting black people right now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's been a lot of push. I, I have a friend that's in the music industry, so there's been a lot of push within her industry to to rectify that situation. Um, and, and in all content, um, there's all kinds of, I mean, if you look at TikTok, I, I don't know if any of you all are on TikTok. Uh, there's a lot of, it's all voiceover kind of work. 
Um, and a lot of the people doing voiceovers are white people doing the voices of, of black people. Um, and be, but because it's kind of fun and social media, it gets looked over and, you know, oh, we're, we're just having a good time. But like, no, a lot of these people are, I mean, getting thousands and thousands of views, millions of views, basically doing almost like digital blackface. Um, mm-hmm. And so we, we have to recognize what's going on, what we're doing. Um, and I mean, those kinds of things need to be fixed on their own, but we can't enjoy black content without uplifting black people. Um, and another thing I want to mention, mm-hmm. I noticed at the beginning of the episode, we weren't really saying it. And I think you and I, Katie, have started moving that direction. White Americans have an aversion to saying the word black. We dance around it. I know people that have black friends that they'll be talking about something and they'll say, oh, well, I have a lot of um, <clears throat> African-American friends or, or even people that are, uh, you know, ethnic studies teachers or, or people that have done a lot of the work. They'll say people of color, like experiences of the people of color when they mean black experiences. And it's okay. And we know this because, you know, we've been listening to black people that if we're talking about something that is specifically a black experience, we can say black and we should say black because we shouldn't group black people together. Mm-hmm. And, and ignore mm-hmm. well, ignore that this is something that they specifically experience, that it's not the experience of all people of color. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, we didn't want to go off on this for too long, but Katie, I know um, mm-hmm. I had mentioned that, you know, I wanted to include a list of, of resources for white people and white witches to look mm-hmm. into. Um, I failed to do that research, mm-hmm. um, but you had said that you had looked up some some information mm-hmm. that would be good to give to people. So yeah, let's let's hit them with yeah. some resources. Yep. And I also wanted to add something because um, I have been hearing this personally as we have been talking about black witches and white witches. And um, there is also, and it made me remember this really messed up dichotomy in new age and witchcraft spirituality, where when we talk about black stuff, it's always dark and evil and bad. And when we talk about white stuff, it's always light and good and positive. Um, and that's fucked up. We need to be changing that. Not only that, but I feel like if, you done any spiritual work you understand that you know kind of the more difficult parts or the quote-unquote the darker parts of you just tend to need to be worked with in a different way but anyway don't refer to you know black magic white magic that that shit's absolutely don't 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 talk about like negative magic or like hexing and that kind of stuff as black magic the fuck Mm -hmm. out of here with that stuff like we don't want to hear it. Call it what it yeah. is. Don't associate blackness and darkness with negativity, with like evil or whatever. Like this mm-hmm. isn't like Disney in the 1960s. Like use better terminology. Let's think before we speak. I am going to give you guys resources both for um, black books and creators and blogs and people you can follow, um, but also. I, during my research, I found that there are not very many um, black witch authors just because of the way the publishing industry works. Um, it turns out that, you know, Hagen and witchcraft books don't sell a whole lot. So when publishers do go out of their way to publish witchy stuff, they tend to try to choose the most heteronormative and 
hegemonic white stuff just so they can sell the most books. Um, so unfortunately, there are not a whole lot of books that I could find authored by Black witches. Um, and that's really disappointing. And we should address that. Actually, one of the I'll give you more information on this, but I recently listened to a podcast um, with one of these authors on it, and she spoke a lot about how the pagan uh, publishing industry is fucked up racially. So let's jump into it. Um, So these are the books uh, by Black Witches. The first is by Rachel True. You might know her from The Craft. Um, But her book, uh, True Heart Intuitive Tarot, with a guidebook and deck, is out for pre-order right now it's going to be out on october 13th of this year um yeah and it's actually really exciting i actually like her a lot uh i heard her interview on the witch wave and that's how i first found out that you know she's not just from the craft she's a real witch um and she seems to have a lot of wisdom and i think that's going to be a great book um the next two books I have are uh, Hoodoo and Voodoo and Rootworking specific. Um, so it would make sense that those are written by Black women. Um, however, I think if you are a white person, it's really good to educate yourself on that. And maybe, you know, you want to learn more about it and there's nothing wrong with it. But do keep in mind, um, these traditions, I've heard they do specifically say you need someone to teach you. So these might be good resources as a white person to learn more about these traditions and educate yourself more so you can be a better human. Um, But, you know, do keep appropriation in mind and that these are black traditions. Um, So the first book is Six Stones, Roots and Bones by Stephanie Rosebird. I've heard that this is a really good resource for learning. Um, I think it's root working. I probably should have done more research. This book was recommended to me a really long time ago. Um, but like root working, um, you know, voodoo, hoodoo, that uh, the di- the African diasporic traditions. Um, and then the other book is by Lilith Dorsey, and it's by and it's Orishas, Goddesses, and Voodoo Queens. Um, and it actually just came out this last May. Um, and I have started listening to this new podcast, Inciting a Riot, which is interesting. It's kind of this alternative pagan podcast, which it's a podcast that's been on the show, been on the air for like 12 years. And if you go back and listen to the old podcasts, some of them are really problematic. But the guy who made it, I feel like has grown a lot in the last two years and not as problematic. Anyway, long story short, just listen to the more recent podcast if you're going to go into that one. Um, but back in April or May, he did interview Lilith Dorsey and they talked at length about um, race and the pagan publishing industry if you want to learn more about that and then I also just have a few good resources if you want to learn about race as a white person Um, and these are just books I've read Um, one is white like me um, by Tim Wise it's by this anti-racist white guy who talks about whiteness and what we need to be doing as white people to address address racism Um, and the other is white fragility um and that's a really fam- that's a really famous one at this point. It's been on a bunch of lists. And then also just generally, you know, read books written by black people. Read Toni Morrison, read um I just got this new book, Queenie, that's about a black woman living in London. Um and Yeah. Yeah. Just read There's black, a couple of books. Read, yeah. It's gonna take me a second to pull up my list of books here. Um they're not um mm-hmm. necessarily about practicing magic, they're fiction. 
Um, but if you need, you know, again, just mm -hmm. support black authors and the more fiction books that we have by black authors, the more every kind of book that we can have by black authors. Um, it made me think of it when you mentioned Arisha's Goddesses and Voodoo Queens, because that's actually the most recent one on my list. I added it a couple months ago. Um, so the, the Magic of Marie right. Laveau, I believe, just came out this year. Um, that looks really, mm -hmm. really good. That's on my list uh, to read. The other book was just looks like it was published on June 2nd. I haven't read it. I don't know if it's good, um, but it is by a Black author. It's called A Song of Wraiths and Ruin. And it is by Roseanne A. Brown. So again, I haven't read it. Don't know if it's good, but take a chance on a black author and give it a read. Um, it's definitely on my list now. A friend just told mm -hmm. me about it a couple days ago. It just came out on the second. So um, just the more black mm -hmm. authors that we read, the more black content that we that that is in demand, the more supply there can be. And I think that's really important to to lift up black exactly. voices. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah, going back to the issue with uh, the pagan publishing industry not want, wanting to publish black authors, if you buy their books, maybe they'll publish more black yes, authors. Absolutely. So buy their books. Um, and then I just have a handful of black uh, witchcraft accounts that I follow. And mainly they're people here in Denver. So my apologies, this is a little bit of a biased list. Um, I've taken classes from a couple of them too. So um, yeah, so there's uh, Davida Turner, who is actually, I've taken several intuitive tarot classes from her. She's just a really lovely, wonderful human being. She also teaches yoga. Um, yeah, I think her Instagram is just Davida.Turner. Um, then there's also Raven Rose of Moon Medicines. I've taken a, a single class from her. I wish that I could have taken more classes from her, but she recently moved from Colorado back to Florida. Um, but yeah, she's the one who helped me do a guided, um, plant spirit meditation in that class and she's really knowledgeable especially um on herbalism for women's health i would follow her, i'd follow her in a heartbeat um then there's house of hoodoo which is um a hoodoo practitioner out of louisiana or new orleans specifically um and then there's the hood witch which is a black witch out up in seattle she's actually probably the most commercially successful witch I've ever seen. She's created a community too, an online community. If you go to her website, she does yeah, have an online community. Um, her name is Brie Luna. Um, I believe she was the first guest on mm -hmm. the Witch Wave podcast. She, her online community is the Hood Witch. And so it's, it's not just her. It is um, an amalgamation of all kinds of creators, um, you know, writers, content. So that's a, an amazing resource. Her content has been a little, a little bit more accessible just because I think she's more well-known. She's also someone to look to, to um, that will give you more information about who else you can follow and, and what other Black voices can be amplified. Mm -hmm. And then there's Courtney Alexander, which if you don't know her, she is the creator of the Dusk to Onyx Tarot deck, um, which I would also recommend looking into as a resource. It's a Black-created... Um, tarot deck that shows you know black faces which is kind of rare um, in as far as tarot decks go um, she has a lovely Instagram account and then uh, there's also Sade Perez Preston who, who is a house witch here at my local store Ritual Craft um, and you can find her at Goat Witch Goods on Instagram I, so I couldn't find any you know 
black witch podcasts. Um, but these are podcasts that I listen to that focus on race issues and have really helped me kind of learn more as a white woman. Um, the first one is Minority Corner, Corner spelled with a K. Um, if you listen to older episodes, it used to be um, Aneke and James together recording the podcast. And they recently, Aneke, um, her life stuff kind of got, you know, she had a kid and she was working full time. So she had to stop doing the podcast. So it's just James now. Um, but it's a really great uh, racial look at current events. And they also do historical segments so you can learn about history. And um, it's a really great podcast. Also, Code Switch is NPR's podcast that specifically looks at racial issues. I recently started listening to that. And it's actually it's a really great podcast. And it has a lot of in-depth information. Um, and then there's two other podcasts that are also NPR, but they look at multicultural or um, racial issues and delve into them. So the first one is Throughline, which looks at the historical background of current issues that are happening now. Um, I would actually recommend their most recent episode to you all. Um, it was specifically on the how police came to be formed in the United States and what the historical background of our police force is. So they that's what they do. They take a current issue right now, like police brutality, and then they go back and they look at it, you know, how did this happen? What's been going on? Um, and then also rough translation is good. Yeah, the other three podcasts are made by people of color. Rough translation is made by a white man, but it is well made. And it looks at um, multicultural issues. So specifically what it does is it looks at issues that are happening in the United States and they find a mirror for those issues in other cultures. Um, I actually want to talk about one of those episodes when we do our year, what we have learned um, in the last year episode, because they do specifically talk about yoga and how it's a spiritual thing in India and the fact that it's been secularized and turned into just a form of exercise in the United States is supporting Hindu nationalism and stuff like that. So yeah, it's an interesting podcast. Um, you know, we tried to keep this episode a little bit shorter. We, I think we ran longer than we maybe realized that we were going to just kind of talking. I think that's something that we're used to doing. Um, but you know, we, we wanted to get this episode out here just to make sure that everyone was aware that we, you know, we do support racial justice and, and give you some advice um, on how that you can also support racial justice, especially within your practice. Um, we will probably get back to regular content um, in our next episode. Um, so, you know, if, if you want to hang out with us until then, you can find us on social media. Um, Katie, do you want to let them know how they can find us? Yeah, um, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. And you can email us at babywitchpod at gmail.com. And yeah, we are going to be returning to normal content, but there's one um, more difficult episode that we recorded before the pandemic. And then, you know, everybody's nerves were so raw during the pandemic that we didn't put it out and we've been saving it. So we might release that one. We might need to re-record it because we recorded it in like February yeah. and the world's completely changed since then. Um but yeah, there's been this more difficult episode about problematic witches, um, which one of the critiques that I've heard from black witches in this 
is that within the spiritual community, we tend to try to ignore problematic issues or difficult issues within our community. So we do need to be speaking out about that. I think we've also been talking about doing uh, how to not be appropriative in your witchcraft practice episode. Um, and I think we should probably take the initiative and record that sooner rather yeah. than later and try to get that out soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're, we are going to return to normal content, but I feel like at least I am motive. I feel very motivated to release some of the more difficult things that we've been. Definitely. And I think it's important that even bit, once black so. lives matter, and you know George Floyd, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor are mm -hmm. no longer in, and Tony McDade, uh, I, you know, there's are no longer in the spotlight, no longer trending topics. It's important that we continue to do the work. We don't just you know have this movement, this moment, and um, you know then it was just something that we did three weeks ago, mm -hmm. and and it doesn't make a change. This is this is the new normal now. Um, we talked about mm -hmm. that kind of about the pandemic as well, but. Um, you know, racial equality and racial justice, this is the new normal now. We're not going back to the way th things were before because um, people were dying before and we're not going to continue to let that happen. Uh, I want to close by a tweet from Old mm -hmm. Ways. Um, I do not know his actual name, <laughs> but um, so I'll, I'll just leave you with, with his words. Uh, Witchcraft has always been political. We would have been killed for this shit not too long ago. All right, everyone, we will talk to you in two weeks on the next Magical Monday.